Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Patrop, here with Michael Patrop and a loser. 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 That's right. If you haven't heard the Monday podcast yet, you will know that Jason and I played each other across three (laughs) different leagues last week. And guess what happened? A boom. A boom. A boom. Your boy took home. Three and oh, two blowouts, one squeaker, but even that one wasn't even that close. What's good, Jason? How listen, I'm gonna need you to call me daddy for the remainder of this podcast. Yeah, that's gonna happen. You're going too far. <laughs> You're going too far. <laughs> you, I was, I was you, on board with this until Jay, did you get where <laughs> until daddy came out. Did you get where uh what I what I was coming from when I said loser? I think so. That, that's not from SpongeBob, is it? No, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey saying that. No, lose. I know it. I know it. Loser. Oh, <laughs> it's not it Jim Carrey. Oh, give me a hint. I know where it's from. I mean, the hint is, I watched this show religiously. Oh, The Office. Yes. Oh, uh, of course. <laughs> Steve Carell. Who, who, <laughs> but who he goes too far. Office? Too far. <laughs> <laughs> who had in their office pool the twins uh, bringing up the office within one minute? And I Michael finished. That would be a good bet. I finished binging the office for the third time, so now I'm binging New Girl for the second time. New Girl's oh a great God. show, man. New Girl's tremendous. Yo, I don't feel like New Girl gets enough love because of the name of it. Like, I, yeah, you I hear feel the like name New Girl and you think it's like Gossip Girl, I but agree. it's not. It's closer to the Office. Like it's, it's just it's a hilarious. sitcom that's hilarious. Michael, you have a full-time job. You uh, have a business on the side called Brodo Fantasy. You run a website. You literally entered every single number in True True Values the last, like, five weeks. Every week this year. How the fuck? Every week this year? Okay. How the fuck do you have time to binge New the the, the office for three times in a row? I just – I have the – I have it on in the background basically at all times. Oh, okay. So it's not like I'm sitting there watching intently. Uh, I just have it on the yeah, background yeah. always. That makes sense. In the Patrop house, just so you guys know, we grew up four brothers, my parents together. So it's six people in the house. We're just used to noise in the background. My wife doesn't understand <laughs> it at all. Like I, I need noise in the background in order to concentrate. And she's like, yo, if I, had, if I was watching TV while – while I was doing work, I'd ha- do literally nothing. And that's literally the only way I do work. But anyway, we're going to do work today. We have week 11 pew, coming pew, at pew. you. Um, hopefully, you can go 3-0 and against someone that you uh, really want to beat. And that uh, happens for you. I really hope so. Um, anyway, we're going to start right Tim, now. Tim, you're bald. <laughs> Yo, I don't know what that means. Jason, actually, you look really good with your hair I cut to say right something. now. I, know, dude, I, I need to this. cut my hair more you're, often. Your your forehead is legitimately double the size it was when you were a this, child. It's not. Get ready though. to be bald. Get ready Michael, to be bald. It's not. We've always had. I have a big forehead. Decently large foreheads. Yeah. yeah. You're you're asking the person to confirm another person who's in denial that he's going bald. No, Michael. I'm not, not in denial. denial at all. Yeah. What? <laughs> Been embraced it. All right. The Brodo, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Jason, in Brodo Dynasty, my team embarrassed your team. 
in the home league. I my team embarrassed your team. <laughs> biggest blowout, biggest blowout of the week. Hold on, biggest blowout of the week. That's a little bit misleading. You were the highest scorer. Your team went off. I would have beat like half the teams. So relax, okay? Oh, uh, well, relax. Uh, maybe, maybe that was relax. My my, uh, my reverse psychology way of getting you to say that. Jason would have Forget beaten. It. it was a crazy. I would have beat week. Michael last week. He would have. Yes. <laughs> It was it was quite the week, but uh, your your team, team is probably one of the handful of teams on earth that put up over one sixty last week. But it's not like I was starting scrubs. Kyler Murray, Alvin you just Kamara. had the actual players that actually did good. Yeah, yeah Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, Chase Claypool. Oh no, you don't have Claypool, Johnson, right? Yeah, I got, I've got a lot of good players on my team, uh, and I didn't even make the right start start sits because I started Fant over Andrews. It could have been even better. Not um, doing that anyway. anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Um, let's actually get into actually talking about other people's fantasy football teams, not just uh, talk about our fantasy football teams into a microphone. One of the games that I am looking forward to very much, and I'm glad it's a Thursday so I can give it my full attention tomorrow, is the Cardinals at the Seahawks. This is a 57.5 point over under in Vegas right now, Woo! which is <laughs> ridiculous. Right now, the Seahawks are giving up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. And the most yards ever. The Cardinals are giving up the second most points. I'm sorry, the third most points to fantasy wide receivers. This looks like a day that is going to be good for everyone. Let's start on the Cardinals side. Kyler Murray has been absolutely unstoppable in every way. The Seahawks have given up the most deep completions of any team in the league. Kyler Murray is top 10 in deep throws. I think everyone on the Cardinals is an auto start that you would consider starting. I think that DeAndre Hopkins is obvious, but I would even start Christian Kirk in this matchup. How are you guys feeling? Kyler Murray is on another level. Um, he's averaging 29 points per game this season. That is the highest mark ever for a quarterback ever in history of Everville. Um, I mean, he's a running back. He's a running back who also throws for 200 yards a game and two touchdowns. Exactly. So... He only has one game this season without a rushing touchdown, and he has five rushes inside the five-yard line. Kenyon Drake has six. So Kyler Murray is a running back and a quarterback in one, and his quarterback play has improved as the season has gone on. Um, That has been good for DeAndre Hopkins, but most importantly, that has been good for Christian Kirk. And I I am an infamous hater of Christian Kirk because I always say that he's one of the most efficient receivers in the league. But when Kyler Murray jumps up to 18th in true throw value because he's consistently been improving every week, and when Christian Kirk is getting work, you have to take notice. So I am starting the Cardinals wide receivers this week, including Christian Kirk. Would you take a shot at Andy Isabella, Michael? Of course not. Andy Isabella hasn't been relevant in ages. He's uh, he's like the, I don't even know, how, the worst, worst, worst version of MVS. You got to hope he scores about, like a 50-yard touchdown. Yeah. What about Larry Fitz? No. no. I mean, Larry Fitz, it's cool. He is continuing his reception streak week after week, but he's doing it on two to three receceptions. So I'm not interested in him either, especially because it's not like he's finding the end zone. But you, definitely well, starting, starting at, Hopkins and Kirk. You're not starting a tight end in this team, so let's go to the right, the running backs. Kenyon Drake came back and immediately resumed his role as the first and second down back. It was very, very obvious. Outtouched Edmonds 17-11, to 11, but Edmonds is the pass catcher. So basically this, this backfield reverted to what it was how do you feel about the backfield this game yeah i kenyan drake at this point has a very solid floor like he's gonna be a 
top 30 running back. The problem is if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to be between like running back 22 to 30, which he's been multiple times this year. Four games, actually. He's ended between uh, running back 22 to 30 when he hasn't scored a touchdown. And I'm just, I don't like this matchup against Seattle. According to the PFF uh, O-line, D-line chart, this is actually the worst rushing matchup um, of the week. The Cardinals against the Seahawks for um, running the football. And Kenyon Drake struggled last time they played Seattle. Uh, Seattle has a strong front seven. They just added Snacks Harrison, too, who could help prop that up. 14 rushes, 34 yards last time he played Seattle. Coming off an injury that's still, according to uh, the athletic inside injuries, they said Drake came back a little early, so he he's not super healthy at the moment, though he did look very good against Buffalo, rushing for 100 yards on 16 carries. But I think, uh, like, in our home league, for example, I have Naheem Hines, Rex Burkhead, and Gio Bernard. I'm going into this week leaving Drake on my bench, and I'm going to go with two of those three. Interesting. It's very hmm. interesting. Um, um, what about Edmund? One thing's for, exactly. I was going to say one thing's it, it, yeah. for sure, though. Um, Drake is the running back that will lead the pack this season. Yep. As long as they're both healthy. Um, and, like, even last week, it was a question as to whether Kenyon Drake was even healthy enough to play. He was a game-time decision. Comes out and rushes for 100 yards. And it wasn't an efficient 100 yards. But that should say something. If you're not getting 100 yards on efficiency, you're getting it on volume. And this guy was getting more touches than Chase Edmonds. I mean, 16 carries for 100 yards is pretty efficient. Yeah. That's, it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a I mean, game. that's a lot more efficient <laughs> than he's been this season. That's yes, for sure. Yeah. On the season, he hasn't been very efficient. Yeah. But, but um, so Chase Edmonds is someone that you shouldn't be starting as long as Kenyon Drake is in a lineup. And I, I do want to say, though, it's a huge uh, over-under, like you said, 57 and a half. Um. Last time they played against each other, Chase Edmonds had seven receptions and 87 receiving yards. He was a top-ten running back without even finding the end zone. So if they do end up falling behind and getting pass-heavy, then Edmonds could be a viable play. I think I think he's more of a flex play this week yeah. than a RB2, but I'm okay with putting him in your flex. I have him at running back 30, so... As do I, exactly, 30. Oh, there you go. So it's he's, he's far out, but there's a chance you have to play him. And it's not the worst matchup. There's probably just better options out there. Seattle is pretty good against a running back out of the backfield. Um, tenth in, in DVOA, which, again, is a stat by the football outsiders that measures efficiency. Uh, let's go over to the Hawks side. Let's talk about Russ because Russ, last five games, 12 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, so hasn't been the guy that we saw that was, like, for sure the MVP. Um, it's it's obviously pressure that's getting to Russ. I think that's that's obvious here. Sack six times was under pressure all day by that Rams defense that's really turned up this season. Um, they made a change away from uh, what's his name, uh, Bum Phillips, son of Bum. Um, what's his name, Phillips? Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips. There you go. What, what is when, son when, of Wade, Bum? He has a dad named Bum Phillips. Man, you are you sound like such the youngin' <laughs> right now. Yeah, come on, Bum, that's not a good Bum, look, man. Bum Phillips is a uh, why do why am I just completely legend, blanking? Then? Legendary coach. It's that not is a good look. Wait, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Father, you can maybe because you can maybe go fuck he's yourself. A, he's a bum. What are you gonna do? Son of bum is his Twitter. What handle. are you even talking about, Wade Phillips? Man, last time he was coaching he was on the Rams. Could we get back to the Seahawks? Well, that's what he's saying. They just played against <laughs> the Rams. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm saying they made a move and it's worked for them. Uh, anyway, uh, 
the wide receivers and Russ, I don't care how bad they've been. They're all playing this game. The only problem is Tyler Lockett could miss the game. So that begs the question, is that David Moore time? Is it Swain season? Alliteration? Uh, what about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers? How, about, how do you guys feel about this passing game? Look, this is a game where you're going to want to play people. And um, especially with the number one quarterback in true, the number three quarterback in true throw value, Russell Wilson. Um, last week was his worst week of the season in true throw value, but he's been above average every single week. So his targets mean a lot. And if Tyler Lockett is playing, you all know what he did against Arizona last time. It was against me in our home league, and I was up by 50, and I thought I was good <laughs> against Tyler Lockett and fucking Zane Gonzalez, and then I lost. Um, so, look, you're starting Metcalf, you're starting Lockett. If Lockett is out, I do think David Moore is a good play. He's not necessarily the slot guy um, where Tyler Lockett will get some slot work, so he's not going to be Lockett's exact replacement. But I think David Moore has shown that he's good on the outside. He's been efficient this season. So even two or three more targets, even if he's not taking over the role of Tyler Lockett, is going to mean something good. What if Swain takes over the role of Tyler Lockett? Are you playing him? But the, to, like, to me, that's just um, like that's just guessing. Yeah. Right? yeah like yeah. We're just going to guess that Swain is taking over the Lockett role. I know David Moore is good. I've seen him be efficient on limited targets. So I take the shot on David Moore over Swain because I know that Give David Moore seven targets. He's probably he's gonna have a good game. Yeah, and hysterically enough, uh, well, the only game where David Moore has seen less than four targets this year, he was the wide receiver twenty um, on the week. He David Moore has the same amount of top twenty-five wide receiver finishes this year as Tyler Lockett. Boom! Hilarious. It's a good mm. stat. But yeah, da- yeah. Uh, David Moore. I agree. I'm I'm probably gonna move him up to the. Like wide receiver 30-ish, if Lockett goes down, I'd be absolutely fine with sticking him in your lineup. For the running backs here, I think Seattle is missing Chris Carson. I think it's very clear that they're missing Chris Chris Carson. Um, there's no real running back in the backfield. But Pete Carroll says Carlos Hyde, he thinks he'll play. Um, practice in full. Practice in full. He doesn't so even have an injury good. designation. Yeah, Chris Carson, still a game-time decision. He's listed as questionable. Limited practice on Tuesday. Did he practice today, Chris Carson? Uh, uh, he's been limited, but they said that he's on yeah. the uh, on the short week. He's on the wrong side. Chris Carson has fucking been limited for four weeks now. Yeah, it's a That's little true. ridiculous. Like, Him and Joe Mixon, dude. Mixon missed practice again today. Jeez. Crazy. Uh, so limited practice again. So, I mean, if Carson plays, you're going to play him. And I think that Hyde is a good play if he plays. Yeah, I think and, he slots right into yeah. the RB2. Um, look, they this is a team that decided... Alex Collins off the practice squad was going to be their lead guy last week. Yeah. Like Carlos Hyde last time he had the reins when Chris Carson went down week seven, he ended with 18 touches and it's not even like he started that game. Like Carson started that game and Hyde ended up getting 18 touches anyways and ended as an RB one. That was against Arizona. By against way. Arizona too, who they're playing again this week. So I'd be firing up Hyde as an RB two uh, this week. As long as Carson remains out. I can't believe that game was a month ago. Yeah. Word. My notes for tight ends is nah. Dude, I wanted to actually bring up the tight ends because last week, uh, two weeks ago, excuse me, Jacob Hollister had seven targets. His snap share increased, and the Seahawks said they wanted to get him more involved. And then this week, he had 9% of snaps, and Greg Olson had 72% of snaps, and Will Disley had 35% of snaps. 9%. Maybe, Maybe Jacob Hollister got hurt, and I just missed that. Let me let me look that up. But 
Yeah, it was certainly upsetting. Um, no, yeah, see, the, uh, just just as Jacob Hollister vanishes from game plan, he didn't even get hurt or anything. The 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 dreaded three headed monster tight end combination, yeah. uh, possibly the worst sentence in fantasy history. All right, let's go. Before we get into the Steelers Jaguars, I just want to remind you guys that if you want anything uh, Brodo related, you're gonna go to Brodo dot. Broto Fantasy, sorry, BrotoFantasy.com for all of our articles. Uh, Jason, you might have heard Jason mention true throw value over and over and over again in that last segment. If you're wondering what that is, it's an exclusive stat um, to Broto Fantasy, and you can only find it at BrotoFantasy.com. And if you want extra episodes and tons more extra, including access to our community in the Discord and also access to our leagues, which, if you join now, you have a guaranteed spot in a league next year, um, you will, you can go to patreon.com slash brotofantasy. So patreon.com slash brotofantasy is where you're going to find that. And brotofantasy.com is where you're going to find everything else. Let's get into the Steelers at the Jaguars. I mean, the Steelers are in the race at the top. They're 9-0. The Jaguars are on a big race to the bottom. Um, I mean, start all your Steelers wide receivers, right? Like after the last week, you can't sit any of these guys chase claypool's averaging 10 targets a game the last couple of games it seems as though deontay johnson is completely antonio brown's replacement and juju's still and juju got his rollback juju got his groove back he's got the juice he's got the juju juice and so, uh, jacksonville is just an atrocious pass defense right exactly and on top of that the matchup is phenomenal and also they're also uh the pff o-line d-line chart has pittsburgh as the highest-graded matchup for passing this week um, against the Jacksonville defensive line. So trap matches happen every now and then. Like, oh, it's it's going to be a trap. Maybe Jacksonville ends up keeping it close or something. We saw that with the Steelers already with the Cowboys. Yeah, but then in the second half, that offense right. exploded. So I'm not right. buying into that, like, uh, that storyline. You start Big Ben, you start Juju, Deontay, Claypool. I think, like, at, at this point... With the way they've been going these last several weeks and the way and the matchup that they have here against Jacksonville, you have to play all three. On that note, the Steelers have been using a lot of empty formation recently, like a lot more than they were doing in the beginning of the season. They came out of empty almost a little more than 20 times last week. Wow. Which Holy is, shit. yeah, which is why all three receivers are um, good plays at the moment. And yeah. look, Deontay Johnson, man, if he wasn't injured, he'd be a top 12 wide receiver every week in rankings. Like if there wasn't that injury risk, he has a, he's had a target share of at least 22% in every game he's finished this season. So Deontay Johnson's the number one guy for me, but you're firing up Claypool and Juju as well. Yeah. And also I want to say about Claypool, he has been playing the least amount of snaps, but that's been offset because he gets the downfield looks and has been the main guy in the red zone for them. So that's just kind of just evening them all out, even if he gets a few less snaps on the field anyways. It's deja vu all over again, man. Like, we're watching Steelers. The Steelers have been doing this for literally at least a decade, where I can I can name the rotation of three wide receivers that are all fantasy viable in, in, this, in this process. Uh, the last time was Antonio Brown, uh, opposite of Martavis Bryant, and, and like, the, the slot guy was Heinz uh, Ward. Uh, but and, but there's been numerous times where it's Antonio Brown, Juju, and 
another guy on, Shout on out the other Antoine Randallo. Antoine Randall, like like Plaxico so many Burris. guys, Plaxico Burris, uh, Mike Wallace. <coughs> Excuse me. So many guys. <coughs> oh, I'm choking. Uh, running backs. Yeah, I'll talk <laughs> about the running back now. I'm diving back into the James Conner train, and I Ayo. know that he his numbers were awful last week, but he also played 94% of the snaps. And honestly, my guess is after that weird game against Dallas, Mike Tomlin was like, what am I doing? Let's just let my players play. And he stopped using Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland. And James Conner was the workhorse back, and he didn't do much with it. Some of that has to do with the fact that the Steelers are coming out of empty more often. But now he gets the Jaguars. So if I have a running back who might get 90% of the snaps against the Jaguars, I'm starting him as an RB1. He did just get 88% of snaps against Cincy, so... I don't see why that would drastically change unless if he has another bad game, then I'd be a little concerned. Jacksonville's the about the best matchup you could get right now. Yeah. He's the workhorse. I mean, that's clear. The question is, can he produce at the level that you think? Because look, he's disappointed in home run matchups before this season. Um, recently he's done that. So I don't know. If I'm a if I'm a James Conner manager, I'm just like, I'm, I'm gonna start him, but I ain't feeling good about this. It feels gross. Yeah. Um, Eric Ebron, speaking of which, I thought that Eric Ebron was about to go ham. Unfortunately, I mean, I think Chase Claypool, he's a guy that we mentioned in the offseason that everyone should have an eye on uh, because of the fact that he's on the Steelers and because of the fact there's a there's a lane to playing time. And he's a ginormous human. And he's just like a big guy and he's talented. <clears throat> but I think that none of us predicted that he was going to have this big of a role this soon. So that that role is kind of sapped. Eric Ebron's value away. And so it's just like Eric Ebron is now just a touchdown dependent tight end one like twenty three other players. See, I, I get I get that, but I'm also starting Ebron happily this week with the way the tight end landscape is. Back to back weeks with six targets. Jacksonville is bottom ten in the league against the tight end. At this point, we know if you catch a touchdown as a tight end, you're a top eight tight end, period. And this is a good a spot as anyone this week to catch a tight end. Uh, excuse me, to catch a touchdown for a tight end. And if he's getting the targets, man, he has at least five targets every single week since week six. Yeah, I agree. I'm not giving up on Ebron. Like, a down week is a, is a week that he doesn't score a touchdown. That's just how it is with tight ends right now. He's seventh in true target value for tight ends because Big Ben is slinging it. Um, he's ninth in true throw value. So as long as Ebron is seeing five to seven targets a game, that puts him in the expected fantasy points range of 7 to 10. And that makes you a top 10 tight end right now. And that's basically what that he's every been putting time out of my Yeah. I'm taking that every single time. Out of my all day. I could do this all day. To this day. Um, Jaguars are on the dock next. Look, Steelers have been beatable through the air. And not for nothing, Jake Luton has supported a wide receiver one every single week that he's been the starter. Um, True. Two weeks ago, it was DJ Chark. Last week, it was Keelan Cole. Is it LaVisha Chenault this week, or is he making it the trifecta? Chenault uh, we, is we, uh, actually, he missed practice again today, so it's not looking great oh. for him. Okay, so probably not him. The The question is who? Who do we go to? Maybe Mike Conley? Um, it's, it's hard to trust anyone with Jake Luton at quarterback, but the Steelers' pass defense has been very bad. Very bad. Very bad. Uh, we just saw... I like DJ Chark this week because, look, D- last D- week D- against D- against Green Bay, 
Jair Alexander was out, so we got hyped for Chark. But there was also bad weather in that game. Like, it wasn't super obvious because Aaron Rodgers was still slinging it. But it was still, like, a bad weather game for a first-year rookie starting his second game ever against the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, he didn't play very good. And he missed Chark downfield multiple times. But And just every multiple players downfield multiple times. But I'm not just giving up on him because they're going to... Well, fantasy-wise, I'm not giving up on Chark because they're going to need to be passing often against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we just saw T. Higgins go absolutely off um, as the outside receiver against them. And Pittsburgh has done that plenty of times this year where a wide receiver has gone off against them. DJ Chark absolutely went off two weeks ago in his first game with Jake Luton. He only saw five targets last week, which was a little upsetting. But I am... uh, Diving back into the DJ Chark pool one more time this week. I am. I mean, obviously the quarterback play is a little concerning. It's Jake Luton or Gardner Minshew. Like both of them have not been great this season, but I'm trusting DJ Chark's talent here. And I, I mean, I expect eight plus targets this week easily. Interesting. Eight plus targets easily. That I think that's, uh, I mean, you're, you're game scripts. Am I right? Well, yeah. The Steelers are a better team, and they're the best team in the league against the run. So the question is, James Robinson, if you have him, he's your RB2, maybe your RB1 at this point. Um, there's a there's a, a team in our home league that came into the year with terrible options at running back, but he was stacked everywhere else. He picked up James Robinson, and he picked up uh, Daryl Henderson, and now his team is in second place. That's where a lot of people who picked up James Robinson are right now. It's so it's hard to tell them you should sit James Robinson. But at the same time, your the Steelers have been phenomenal. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does not matter. Chris Thompson is out now. He's injured. So James Robinson literally plays every snap. His two starts under Jake Luton, he went two twenty five ninety nine and one, twenty three one oh nine and zero. And not to mention, James Robinson had two touchdowns last week called back by penalty. So that would have been a 125-119-2 line. Like, if you're getting 25 rushes because it's a rookie quarterback and you're going to get some looks in the pass game too, I don't care. I don't care if the other team's defensive line was made up of all Watts. Like, four J.J. Watts. I don't care. You're starting James Robinson. Yeah, he's basically averaging four to five targets a game this year too. Uh, I'm, I mean, you. I'm not expecting a top five performance this week. But at this point, James Robinson is a set-it-and-forget-it option, as crazy as that would have sounded 10 weeks ago. Before we get into the next game, the Lions at the Panthers, uh, let's hear from our sponsors. Jason, why don't you take the first? Sure. Thanks, Tim. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you to brace yourselves because winter is coming. Ooh, Man, do I miss Game of Thrones. What the writers of Game of Thrones did not tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Yikes. Poor poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Man, what a mistake that was. (laughs) All right, he would have been better off using the lawnmower 3.0. It's small, it's close to the touch, it's safe to the touch. It's easy to use. It's waterproof. It has a little light. It's quiet. It's awesome. Um, you could also get super comfortable 
Boxers, my number one boxers. Once they come out of the laundry, you can get a super comfortable shirt, which I'm actually wearing right now. Apparently, I wear the shirt a lot when we record. It's a comfortable shirt. So uh, if you go to Manscaped and use code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O, you get 20% off and free shipping. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O. Um, yeah, Jason, that was obviously the read, but just to tell you, we actually believe in that product with not, not just corny jokes wise. Like we, we actually like, we fuck with Manscaped hardcore, particularly their boxers. Another thing great we fuck boxers. with hardcore, great boxers is partybelts.com. Uh, partybelts.com was a very organic partnership. We found them online. Uh, he said, Hey, we're going to check you guys out. Now we have a group chat and we talk about fantasy all the time and we are we are the official sponsor, the official belt, the official championship belt of the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is PartyBelts.com. Not only is this thing completely customizable, so you can put your league name on it or you can put your league logo on it if you have a league logo, if you go that hard, um, you can put anything you want on it. Uh, on top of that, it's big. You could show it off, but it's not bulky. It's one size fits all. It has beer holders. You could serve your friends while you're serving your friends. And it is a fraction of the price of these big gaudy belts that only douchebags really want. No offense if you have those uh, belts. You're not a douchebag. Talking about the other douchebags, you know, not you. Douchebags. Um, I'm speaking. I'm thinking in my head of one douchebag in particular, but I'm going to keep that on the low low. Um, Fuck you. Yeah. Don't be a douchebag. Get this belt. It is fire, and you can get 15% off with the pro- with the promo code BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O. Again, the promo code is BROTO. That's B-R-O-T-O. Partybelts.com. Bada bing, bada boom. And lastly, Thrive Fantasy. Either go to thrivefantasy.com or download the Thrive Fantasy app to play some New style DFS where you don't have a salary cap or anything. You just choose over, under on things such as passing yards, receptions, uh, rushing touchdown, things of that sort for players. They have uh, slates for single games like tomorrow's game, um, Arizona and Seattle. You could choose just from that game or over the weekend, 20 bucks or so, and you could win thousands of dollars if you come in first place. We've had some success on there. Some of our patrons have had some success on there. And if you download it, first-time user, and put in code BROTO20, B-R-O-T-O-2-0, you will get a deposit match of up to $50 starting at $20. So go get that free money to use uh, to win more money. And uh, bada-bing, bada-boom. Let us know if you win because we love when our patrons win money because money is fun. And money is the <laughs> what makes the world go around. <laughs> Not only our patrons, our fans in general. Not our fans our in patrons. general. Of course, of course. <laughs> the patrons just get the, the extra special there love. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the next game, Lions at Panthers. This is like the handicap quarterback convention. You got Matt Stafford, who has a torn thumb. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who got a bum knee. And neither of them are guaranteed, but Matt Stafford plays through mad injuries, bro. This guy, poor Matt Stafford. This dude is literally one of the most talented quarterbacks anyone has ever seen. Every time I see him play... I'm like, this guy's arm strength is like Hall of Fame level. But he ends up getting drafted by the Detroit Lions, who can't put a team around him for shit. And he has to play through injury after injury after injury. He hurts his throwing thumb again. He hurt his throwing thumb last year, and it really affected his play. So the question is, how much will it affect his play in this game and beyond? Because the Panthers 
although they're not the juiciest matchup against the pass, aren't the scariest matchup in the past either. Um, so that's the question. Uh, Stafford, do you believe in him? And the wide receivers, without Kenny Galladay, it's been a crapshoot again. Marvin Hall was the guy last week. How do you feel about the the pass the passing game uh, in this game? Yeah, I wanted to make a note of Marvin Hall because he just gets overlooked by everyone at the moment. But if Kenny Galladay is out, Marvin Hall is 14 or more PPR points in two of the last three games. Mm. Um, like, just something to note there. He's not the worst dart throw option. We all think about... Marvin Jones, and we know Marvin Jones is going to get his in the red zone, apparently, because all this guy does is score touchdowns these days. But Matt Stafford is the 12th quarterback in true throw value. He's coming off his best true throw value game of the season. And Marvin Hall might see a decent amount of passes. So I'm not saying start Marvin Hall, but if you're in like a 16-team league, super deep benches, you need to start someone. Marvin Hall is a little interesting because I, I don't really want to spend much more time talking about Marvin Jones. Saw 10 targets last week, caught a touchdown. He has a touchdown in three straight games. Four in the last three. So you're you're probably starting Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones does seem like he has a, had a resurgence. Um, TJ Hawkinson, on the other hand, another guy who's banged up. Dud in a great matchup last week. Hurt toe, probably hampered him. Jesse James is on the field more than he was in the previous couple games. Are you concerned about Hawk or are you running him out there? Yeah, uh, four targets against Washington, who's been the worst against tight ends, is certainly concerning, especially because... He's dealing with an injury. He missed practice last Friday and all that, um, the toe injury. But, again, with the way the tight end landscape is, I don't see how you'd be picking up someone that you'd start over TJ Hawkinson, uh, honestly. It's not like he's been... This was his first, like, real dud game, which is pretty... Like, he's been a top 20 tight end every single other week. A top 10 tight end six times. A top six tight ends tight end three of the last four weeks prior to uh the really bad game against Washington last week so I'm obviously uh just firing up TJ Hawkinson again because you are not going to find a better option on the waiver wire the running backs is really where I want to go here DeAndre Swift bro if you were stashing DeAndre Swift I, I really feel like this could be a Miles Sanders of last year situation where he wasn't really he, he like flashed every once in a blue but not not great, and then all of a sudden, in the end of the year, boom, he explodes. If you watched him last week, there's no way you can leave that that game saying, wow, that guy is a special player. Yeah. Um, sorry, and but yeah. Out-touched the other backs 16-5 to last game. He was named the starter, so it's not even like a question anymore. The Panthers get scorched by the running back on the ground and through the air. The Panthers have been absolutely atrocious. Uh guarding the pass catching running backs. The question is not, do you like him, but how much do you like him in this game? DeAndre Swift is my RB two on the week. I'm, I'm diving. Whoa. I'm all in. So Michael is diving head first into the deep. I'm all in. DeAndre Swift has, DeAndre Swift has been one of our buy low targets for a while now. And even now I try to buy him. I guess I have to, I have to disclose this to you, despite the fact that you're in the home league and Jason, despite the fact that he's in the home league, because I want the people to know how much I'm interested in DeAndre Swift right now. I offered Allen Robinson for for DeAndre Swift, and he was rejected. So, I mean, DeAndre Swift is worth a lot, and I even upped it to Allen Robinson and Kenyon Drake, and that was rejected as well. I was willing to take the dive. A-Rob and Drake. Yeah, and it was rejected, but... 
look, that's how much I want DeAndre Swift on my team because if he is this year's Miles Sanders, I mean, he's going to help you win championships. He gets Green Bay and Tennessee weeks 14 and 15 too, the first two weeks of the uh, of the playoffs, Carolina and Houston the next two weeks. He has a ridiculously great schedule, so I'm all in on DeAndre Swift, and he took over that backfield last week. Five receptions and 68 yards against Washington was ridiculous too, and the pass-catching touchdown. It was a great game, and I'm all in. If he's going to get 70-plus carries, 70-plus uh, snaps each week, snap percentage each week, then, yeah, sign me up. Let's get over to the Panthers. Teddy Bridgewater, like I said, status still up in the Do-do. air. Uh, yo, I, again, I don't understand why you guys still give Teddy Bridgewater. He threw for 122 uh, yards last week, Tim. buns, man. Anyway. Give uh, anyone PJ, those weapons. P.J. Walker would start in his absence. P.J. Walker of AFL. I mean, of uh, Arena Football. No. XFL, bro. XFL, there you go. XFL fame. Uh, I mean, you're not starting Teddy... I mean, in this matchup, or are you? Because it, it's a good matchup. No, you're never okay. starting Teddy Bridgewater. Let's talk about the running back matchup, because this is a great matchup. Because right now, the Lions have given up the most fantasy points to running backs across all of fantasy football. So the question is, without Christian McCaffrey, because if Christian McCaffrey's in this he's matchup, he's out. If you, I know, he's out. But if he was, you'd probably jizz your pants. So Mike Davis is back in the mix. And yes, he had some great games. And yes, this is a great matchup. But... He has not had a great game since week five. He's had 10.5 points or less in five straight weeks. Now, if you look at his schedule, he's played very, very, very tough defenses. So you have to take that into consideration. But if you have Mike Davis, you're obviously thanking your lucky stars that you get another good game out of You get another starting game out of him. Uh, are you definitely rolling with him in this one? I am. I'm ready to take the plunge. Um, to just back up what you said a little bit, Mike Davis was a top 10 PPR running back in three straight starts. Since then, he's been outside the top 20 in four straight starts. So I understand that the water has cooled. It's no longer hot. You're no longer too excited about starting Mike Davis. But this is the Detroit defense that just gave up three touchdowns to the combination of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. And I know McKissick is seeing an absurd amount of targets right now. But you know what? Mike Davis can see an absurd amount of targets too. Um, so I am firing up Mike Davis again because this is a mouthwatering matchup, and I'm just gonna look past the last few weeks a little bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you just just an idea if you're doubting Mike Davis, and there is reason to doubt Mike Davis. I'm not saying he's a guarantee in any way, but something has to be said about the fact that since week six, which is what I pointed out, ten and a half points is his highest showing. But the the these are the defenses he faced and. Where they where they rank in terms of giving up fantasy points to the opposing running back. So if I say twenty fifth, that means they give up the twenty fifth least points. Um, Chicago twenty fifth, New Orleans thirty second, dead last. Atlanta twenty ninth, who have been surprisingly good against the run this year. Kansas City tenth, who he could have had a better game against Kansas City, uh, but that was also the game, if I'm not mistaken, that Christian McCaffrey came back. And Tampa Bay last week twenty seventh. So. He's faced a top at least third, if not top five, defense in these weeks. So you have to take that into consideration. And this is the number one matchup. So, like, yeah, like pump your brakes a little bit because he is Mike Davis. 
But at the same time, expect I could think you can go into this expecting a big game from him. I agree. He also is 17th in the league in receptions among all players, wide receivers included. Two more receptions than DK Metcalf. I find that hilarious. Is Alvin Kamara on the top of that list? He's second. Dude, Alvin, Alvin Kamara had 15 yards rushing last game. <laughs> yeah, he's second in and, receptions. Ended as the RB1. Uh, let's go over to the wide receivers. So at this point, I mean, the Carolina wide receivers is sweepstakes, and it's a complete crapshoot, right? Like last week, it was, uh, what's his name again? DJ Moore. And it hasn't been Robbie Anderson for a while. The previous two weeks, it was Curtis Samuel. The question is, like, it's never going to be two of these guys. It's always going to be just one of these guys, right? And you don't know which one. So it's going to be a, a a dangerous proposition starting any of them. Um. What's his face? Robbie Anderson is now last on my list of those three. He's now my third receiver. Interesting. If, if I have to rank those guys weekly. It's interesting. It's, it's crazy how this DJ Moore has exceeded 90 yards in like four of the last five games or something of that sort. And I don't understand where all of the jumping ship on Curtis Samuel is coming from. I see it everywhere. Cut Curtis Samuel. It's over. These guys <laughs> one bad game. Dude. <laughs> He had one bad game. People with bad games. What the fuck? Yo, the Panthers only ran 48 <laughs> plays last week. You know how many touches Samuel had? Six. He had a touch on 12.5% of the plays. Like, if they run 12 more plays, he's going to get at least, like, eight touches in the game. I don't understand what's going on in people's minds right now. I don't understand why, like, people are just jumping shit on Curtis Samuel. Jumping ship, not shit. I, like... Yeah, he might not be the wide receiver one that he was the last few weeks. But don't drop him. Like, don't not give him another shot. This is a matchup against Detroit. I'm I'm giving Curtis Samuel another shot this week. I He's prefer also, him over Robbie Anderson. He also has two games this year with less than five half PPR fantasy points, both against Tampa Bay. It's not like Tampa Bay is an easy matchup. Like, Detroit is a very much... Better matchup here for Curtis Samuel than uh, than Tampa Bay was last week. And he was still very much involved. He had five targets. He had three rush attempts. If Teddy Bridgewater is hurt and can't throw downfield as much, maybe they try to get Curtis Samuel even more involved closer to the line of scrimmage. I don't hate the idea of playing Samuel over Robbie Anderson. I mean, I wouldn't personally because Detroit is not a good secondary, so I'd stick with the guy who's seeing the most targets. But I do think... Uh, I agree with you that Curtis Samuel is, again, this week, a viable wide receiver three flex play. Panther jerseys are fire, so Ian Thomas is super lucky that he's going to get to put one of those in a case and put it in his, like, study one of these days. Um, <laughs> let's go over to the next game. Patriots at the Texans. Ridiculous statement. Uh, Duke Johnson disappointed many last week, but New England is, get this, dead last. Dead last. Against the pass-catching running back. And Duke Johnson does that well. Are you hopping back on the Duke Johnson train? Yo, I just want to jump in here real quick. I don't know if Jason has something to say specifically about Duke Johnson, but the Patriots' defense struggles to get to the quarterback, and Deshaun Watson is at his absolute best when he has time because he likes to hold the ball long. I think the Texans put up like 35-plus points this week. I'm all in on the Texans. One of the shadiest things this year is the Pats' passing defense Yo, they they are in the top five of least points given up to the quarterback. And they're pretty good against points given up to the running back. But that's because they haven't given up that many touchdowns. On the low, they've given up the fifth most passing yards in the league this year. Oh, they, rank, they rank dead last 
against the number one wide receiver in DVOA. Boom. 28 against the, the slot wide receiver in DOA. Ababoom. It, it's... I think you should start the wide receivers too. I think both of these stud wide receivers, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, both get the nod, and I would consider starting Randall Cobb. We yeah. all in, baby. Fuck the Pats. I saw I saw someone, man, you know I don't like to shit on people personally, but say after that down week from Houston last week, how could you trust them? Did you forget that they were playing in like fucking monsoon-type Cleveland weather again? Yes, like, I don't know where Deshaun Watson sucks because he struggled against Cleveland when he couldn't throw farther than, like, 10 yards downfield. Correct. It was Pro tip real quick. My bad for cutting you off, Michael. Pro tip real quick. If you see something like that on Twitter, that is a clear sign of an analyst, and I put the air quotes up for analyst. This was in an article, though, that I read this. Either way, it just they just don't watch the games. Because if you watch the game, then you saw that. Word, box score watching. Right, it's box score watching. It's there box was an analyst watching. who showed off once that they, he doesn't watch any football. It's like that's yeah, dumb. that guy's <laughs> that guy's not in, in employed anymore though. Yeah, so. just to note, oh, well, not surprising. Um, Deshaun Watson, his last week was his lowest game in true throw value this season, just below his first two starts. So like we saw him come out of the gate slow with his new wide receivers without DeAndre Hopkins. Last week was an anomaly. He got used to Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. He's been killing it. Fire him up again, and. Yeah, and Brandon I think Cooks Fuller and, and Cooks Fuller. are both top 20 options again. I don't as know they've about been. Cobb, though. Cobb is always iffy. He's going to get like four to six targets guaranteed. He's macabre. He's pretty touchdown dependent or like PPR if you want a floor of like six or seven points. Um, I'm not He's super better. excited about Cobb, but yeah, I'm firing up Fuller and Cooks as top 20 options. I'm firing up Duke Johnson as a top 15 option. He saw 95% of the snaps last week, and he's going to get more than one target this time around, too. I kind of hated on Duke Johnson uh, on Monday, um, which was brought to my attention by one of the patrons as well. Like, yo, like, Tim, you were right about Duke Johnson. Uh, but I don't know. I think I was a little hard on Duke Johnson. <laughs> now that I think about it, like, like he, only, he did have the only one opportunity in his entire career. Like, he blew it, but now he's going to get another opportunity against a team that uh, they're going to need to – they're going to need to throw the ball to the running back in this New game. England's so also allowed – Four eighty-plus yard rushers in the last five games. They're also and getting beat on the ground. These are the facts. Tight ends, you can't, you know, you can't rely on the. Also, tight ends. can't do it. Can't win with them. I just want to also add about Houston that I just realized they also have the best passing matchup according to the O line D line uh, PFF <laughs> matchup chart. So I'm pretty sure Michael said that about the Steelers already, but I'll let it. They're slide. tied. They're tied. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. Basically, you Jason, already said that. Jason with the fact check and Michael with the suck it. Yeah. Um, let's go over to the the Patriot side. Yo, Jacoby Myers had a nice game against Baltimore. He well, threw a touchdown. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say that he buoyed by a thrown touchdown, but that Dropped does not change the fact that he threw it. It does not change the fact that those points count. Drop the motherfucking. I mean, down. I never said that Jacoby Myers is bad. I just think you said with your own words that he's a mirage. I, I said it. Jason said he's a mirage. I said, if you're picking him up, like, thinking you're getting this huge upside guy, then you're absolutely bugging. Like, he's going to be a low-ceiling wide receiver three flex guy. If you're cool with that, go sure. He's basically like the new Julian Edelman. That's how I feel about Jacoby Myers. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't caught a touchdown this season. That's hilarious that his only touchdown is one throwing. Like, come on, that's fluky. Five for 59, that's cool and all. Two weeks ago, six for 58. The week before that, four for 60. Like, besides the game against the Jets... 
He's been mediocre. That's the fancy way of saying mediocre. So what do I want Jacoby Myers for? Uh, well, this uh, week against Houston, he has wide receiver three think, appeal. I think right. he's more but, of a flex play, man. I don't trust Cam Newton. Like yeah. Cam Newton in these matchups that seem like they're good matchups, it doesn't matter. Like if Cam Newton's gonna put up fantasy points, it's gonna be because be because he uses his legs. And Cam is thirty seventh in true throw value. Thirty seventh. Yeah. He's behind oh, it's Daniel awful. Jones, Drew Locke, Nick Foles, Jake Luton, Dwayne Haskins. Mm. Oh, damn. It's been bad. Um, so you're not recommending playing Cam this week? No, I love Cam. <laughs> <laughs> his passing doesn't really matter. Yeah, though. his passing doesn't matter, dude. He's been a top 12 quarterback in four of the last five weeks. Um, Like, if he's going to run the ball, he's going to run the ball. Like, that's it. You, if you, 11 rushing attempts last week. You got a running back at quarterback. That's what you get from Cam Newton. And running backs are better for fantasy. Um, so, as long as he's going to be scoring of, a touchdown every week on the ground, you start him. Speaking of running backs, this backfield is quite the backfield to consider. Always always the same thing with, with Bill Belichick. I think the roles are a little more defined this year, though. James White is the pass-catching back, but Cam Except Newton he's not really, anymore. Yeah, right, so Cam... Right, so Cam doesn't really use him at all, so James White is droppable. And, look, I dropped James White this week. Um, It's almost like me and Jason have said all year to just keep away from James White, Tim. I have have Josh Jacobs, and I picked up Devin Booker. Devontae Booker. Booker. And I have Alvin Kamara, and I picked up – and I got Latavius Murray on the bench. Your boy is preparing for the playoffs. Handcuff season. Guess how many rushing yards James White has over the last four weeks? Twelve. Rushing? Yeah. Fucking four. Zero. You were close. Wow. You were going to say zero. I was going to say zero. You started Um, with zzz and then changed it to four. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know who definitely has a lot of rushing yards, though? Is Harris. Uh, True. This guy is – a good running back, man. And he's breaking up over four five yards carry in the last three games combined over that. Uh he looked really good against a really good Ravens defense. Now they were down Calais Campbell, so take that with a grain of salt. But I mean the dude is good. The problem is he's he has a very capped ceiling because if a guy's not gonna get touchdowns, because again, Cam Newton is the goal line back. Rex Burkhead is seeing the goal line work. So if he's not getting any goal line work, his his ceiling is very limited, but he is a good for, floor play, I think. Yeah, especially this week against Houston, who gets uh, dominated on the ground. The thing with me for Harris is uh, he played over 50% of the snaps last week, finally. But that was because they were leading against Baltimore, and they were able to control the clock, and they were just handing it off to him a lot. Like He had 22 carries. He got a lot of touches while he was on the field. And then, of course, Burkhead mixed in, got some rushes, and the pass-catching work. The thing that scares me a little bit is that, like I said, I think the uh, the Texans are going to put up like 35-plus this week against New England. So if they start falling behind, it's going to be Rex Burkhead's backfield once Burkhead. again. And he's going to be the guy getting all the work. So, I mean, I think Damien Harris, because of the great matchup, is a lower-end RB2 this week. I also think Rex Burkhead is a super strong flex play. I mean, it's back-to-back weeks now where he's ended as a seventh overall running back. Um he got 15 touches against the Jets, 10 touches against Baltimore. They're getting creative with uh, getting him the ball as well. I mean, he he caught a touchdown from Jacoby Myers. He had a another touchdown as well. Uh, 
I'm all aboard the Rex Burkhead in the flex train this week. I know that there's some risk with the way that backfield operates, but Houston is terrible against the running back. Rex Burkhead catches passes. He mixes in getting rushes. If they fall behind, he's going to be the guy. So I'm I'm very much on the Burkhead bandwagon this week. Burkhead! Uh, let's, is there anyone else in this game you want to talk about? Mm, Ryan Izzo. Okay, let's go over to our uh, third to last game, the Titans at the Ravens. Look, I just want to say this. Any talking head that you see in football always says the same thing. The quarterback is the most important piece on the team, and then some people say the backup quarterback is the second most important. But everyone also says to build a team, you need a nice quarterback, and you need a franchise quarterback, and you need a franchise left tackle. These are the two things you need to build a team. But when a left tackle goes down, people in fantasy circles sometimes just shrug that off and act like it's not going to make a difference at all. Sometimes it is no big deal. Like the Cowboys in recent years, you've seen them uh, lose guys, but Dak doesn't miss a beat. But most of the time it has a big effect. And we've mentioned this a bunch now. Taylor Lewan's injury has affected the offense of the Tennessee Titans tremendously. So against a very good defense... It's interesting to evaluate the Titans this week because they do have that injury, but Calais Campbell didn't practice. Jimmy Smith did not practice today. Both of them aren't looking good at the moment. So those are two big losses. Ryan Tannehill has not thrown over 225 yards in the air since Lawan went down. How are you feeling about the Titans in their passing game? Uh, you know, it's tough, man. It's it's not you, – you can't feel super great about it. Um, Ryan Tannehill – is very efficient, and he has remained decently efficient during these trying times. He's still fifth in true throw value, but last week wasn't a great showing, and he's struggling without Lawan. Like, the Titans' offensive line wasn't even that good with Lawan, but now without Lawan, it's just straight bad. Um, and if Tannehill's not going to be throwing for 200 yards, it's going to be tough. Um, so you need to look at those options with a grain of salt. And I am going to remain where I've been, which means I support A.J. Brown because he's still going to see a decent amount of work and can break a long touchdown whenever he wants. I support Jonu Smith because even in the games he struggled, he's finding the end zone. And I think that Corey Davis needs to remain on the waiver wire. Especially against really? Baltimore. And, I mean, since it's been obvious since Lewan went down, like you said, that passing offense has been worse. And Corey Davis has been... One of the guys dealing, like getting the shit end of the Corey stick. Corey Davis really. can't step up. Basically, can't do he. It. I mean, I don't know. Corey Davis has been good this year, man. Can't win with him. But he he was good. But he's been the last couple of weeks. He's been slowing down more. Five for sixty-seven against Indy is whatever. I, I mean, like all right. I mean, five for sixty-seven sounds bad, but you have to also admit. You have to also think. No one else on the team had over twenty yards receiving. So and Ryan Tannehill did not throw for many yards. So, yes, it, 5 for 67 is a, a whack line for fantasy. But if you look at it in the terms of the game, he got a lot of work. He's leading the Tennessee in, in passing, uh, in receiving yards right now, despite missing two games. And, I mean, shout out to shout out to Corey Davis, his family. Um, his older brother succumbed to a battle uh, with cancer. That was like his idol. So, I mean, he's playing with that on his shoulder as well. Uh, prayers go out to the Davis family. I don't know. I, I think that... You know, it's not my favorite matchup in this particular week, 
But I think Corey Davis should be on a roster. I don't I don't think you should just No, I'm not saying to drop him. I do think you should roster him. Uh it's just it's a tough matchup. I th- I do I have him as my wide receiver 40 uh 46. So it's not like I'm saying he has no appeal. He's been solid right. this year. Like he's had at least 9 fantasy points in every game except the donut against Chicago. I just think he's very limited upside this week. I think he's more of a uh, like 8 to like if you want 7 to 10 points I think Corey Davis could get you that, but I don't. I just don't see huge upside against Baltimore. What about AJ Brown? Uh, no Jimmy Smith in this game. Um, I mean AJ Brown, you were not expecting that out of him last week, and now it's a tough matchup. Are you scared off at all? I mean, you're obviously starting him if you have him, so it's just kind of close your eyes and hope for the best. Basically, you're starting AJ Brown, and I know last week was very upsetting, but again, if he caught that seventy-yard touchdown, you'd be like. Oh, I mean, he had two catches only, but, you know, 90 yards and a touchdown, he's fine. He dropped the 70-yard touchdown, and now everyone's panicking. He only had one catch, blah. Bad games happen. I'm not just giving up on a guy who has literally been a top-five receiver when healthy this season. True. Jonu Smith has kind of fallen off, um, but he's seen a resurrection the past couple of games. Uh, what do you think about Jonu Smith? You start him. He's getting red zone looks. Even during these struggling times in the Tennessee offense, he has a touchdown in back-to-back games. And that has been good enough to make him the tight end eight in back-to-back weeks. It was garbage time last week. It, should it be, doesn't it matter. Should garbage time counts as any time. He did get six targets as well, which is nice to see after not seeing that many targets since week five. Works 60% of the time every time. Uh, what about what about Derrick Henry? This is usually Derrick Henry's season. Um, this is the time of year where he, he blasts through holes. Um, how do you feel about his, uh, do you feel like his, uh, game is going to be erect? Jeez, man. Penis jokes, penis jokes for the win. I was, I was, uh, binge watching Dave the other day. Cause Yo, Jason, you, good show, man. you reminded me. I love Dave. It's, yeah. it's really deep. It's a, it's a super deep show. Um, but when he wants to name his album, Penith. Yeah, like Zenith, but with a P, fucking hilarious. You don't get anyway, it. Go ahead. You don't get it. You don't get, get it. it. Do you even under, do you even understand what you're laughing at? Do you even <laughs> understand what you're laughing at? Um, Derrick Henry is the penis of football. <laughs> he oh, he's he's gonna kill it. Like he's gonna he's gonna get at least 18 rushes, and at least 18 rushes from Derrick Henry is something you want in your lineup. Let's go over to the Ravens side. Uh, Lamar Jackson finally showed something. With his arm last week, 24 of 34, 249 yards, two touchdowns in the air, added 11 carries for 55 yards on the ground. So you were happy if you were a Lamar Jackson manager. But that's because they were chasing points, right? They were – New England was pretty – in a pretty comfortable lead the whole game. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say comfortable. They had a, a, a good lead the whole game, and they ended up getting uh, upset. So the question is – I mean, you cannot count on 34 attempts from Lamar Jackson in this game, can you? No, of course not. But the Tennessee defense has been one. That is a did-do. So it is a very good matchup. And it is uh, Lamar Jackson has been decent in better matchups this year. I mean, Cleveland week one, he did well against them. Philadelphia, he did well against them. Like, I'm just trying to find games where he did well in good matchups because he hasn't been doing too well this season. But the issue is that he needs to run a little bit more, man. He has one game over 100 yards rushing. 
But when you're playing Tennessee, there's a chance he's a quarterback one even without rushing the ball. So you're going to start Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Tennessee is bottom 10 against quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. That defense is highly exploitable from all angles. You're you're starting Lamar Jackson. Um, Let's go over to the wide receivers. Willie Sneed has Sneed. emerged um, as a viable fantasy option in the last two weeks. Last week, five receptions for 64 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that comes on the heels also of Devin DuVernay, three receptions for 45 yards. Ugh. And Hollywood Brown continuing to be one of the more disappointing um, guys in fantasy this year. Like, I know that we told you not to draft him, but if you did draft him, if you got him at, like, a value, because if, if you saw him there in, in the eighth round, it's hard to pass up on him in that spot. Two for 14, even after complaining about his role in the offense, nothing has changed. I mean, this passing attack in terms of the wide receivers – it's a complete crapshoot. I wouldn't start Willie Sneed if I had another option. Would you drop Marquise Brown? Is there any reason to have him on a roster? It's the upcoming schedule. Um, that's the reason why you keep him. Because if you drafted him, you drafted him for his upside. So you're not going to back out now. Because the upcoming schedule is a soft one for the Ravens. If you look past this week, um, they have, uh, after Pittsburgh, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Giants. And these Oof. are oh even Pittsburgh yeah. is a good. Yeah, the Giants. For the Giants are 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 in a great matchup for watching. James Bradbury right? has been locking people down. Yeah. Um, like, but that that's the biggest endorsement I can give for Marquise Brown. Like he's the he's <clears> the <throat> the fake stats hero. Everyone who believes in fake stats thinks Marquise Brown is good. AKA Air Yards for fantasy. And I told Jason, um, <clears throat> I forgot when, or I told Tim, I can't recall. But I said actually, yeah, it was on the Patron Pod yesterday. That I'm gonna rank Willie Sneed over Marquise Brown this week, and I did. Like you said, Willie Sneed had two touchdowns last week. He had 100 yards three weeks ago. In our home league, I have Sterling Shepard, Allen Robinson, AJ Brown, and DJ Chark. Two of them are on by. I picked up Willie Sneed against Tennessee. I'm taking the shot on him, man. He's ninth in the league in yards per target as well, which is a good indicator of success. And he's just been the only really reliable target for. Uh, for, what's his face, Lamar Jackson over the past several weeks. And in a tremendous matchup against the Titans, I'm chasing that. I will say this. Our brother Johnny made an observation <clears throat> on Lamar Jackson. And ever since he said that to us, I can't not see it. And he mentioned that Lamar Jackson only makes throws in the middle of the field and that he can't make throws outside the hash marks. And, and all his throws outside the hash marks are usually on the run. And I don't have any stats to back this up, but with my eyes, I saw that that's a pretty accurate description. Mark Andrews is in the middle of the field. Willie Sneed is in the middle of the field. Mark Andrews last week, seven receptions for 61 yards. Now, that may not sound great, but that was good for running for tight, tight end one overall Jeez. in PPR formats. Hilarious. Seven receptions <laughs> for 61 yards. That was tight end one overall. So the tight end landscape continues to be. We're going to uh, peek behind the curtain. We are going to do a um, – a, segment in the off season things i learned this year like as a reminder for the upcoming year not to mess up one of the things i'm going to say is it's never going to be the year of the tight end stop thinking it will be um because i get caught with that shit every single mother motherfucking year um also in though it does have good matchups coming up so if you can get them for cheap i would get them and if you have them 
Stardom. Also, I tweeted Nick this. Nick Boyle's out of here. Yeah, Nick, Nick Boyle, Boyle yeah. just had a season-ending injury. Mark Andrews has played 380 snaps this year. Nick Boyle has played 380 snaps. By low. Nick Boyle got hurt. Mark Andrews un- ended up playing 76% of the snaps. By low. Beautiful. He hasn't played over 70% of the snaps since week three. By low is right. I'm, I was off Mark Andrews. Not off. I was just saying, like, you can't really trust this guy as a weekly contributor if this continues. Well, guess what? Nick Boyle's gone. They don't have Hayden Hurst there anymore. Now I'm all about Mark Andrews. You were saying Andrews played 76% of the total snaps last week. Correct. Yeah, after Boyle went down, Andrews played 100%. There you go. Oh, my God. That is the... I just got a little tingle on the tip of my dick. Yeah, I'm upset. You have him in our home league. I have Mark Andrews in every league. That's true. (laughs) Like, literally every league. Me and Jay Um, are in a league where we're, we're in eighth place. We're trying to crawl into the... Back into the playoffs. It's close and we have mark andrews we also have deandre swift so i'm confident that we'll get in there that's a solid uh come up right there those people the second most scary phrase in fantasy is three-headed monster for running backs and that's what we got again uh, mark andrews came back i mean gus edwards looks like the best mark runner jeez what i would i think <laughs> mark andrews oh my bad Gus Edwards looks like the best runner, uh, six yards a carry, like he always does. Um, J.K. Dobbins got work. Mark Ingram got work. They split carries, seven five five. Gus Edwards leading the charge on that one. In terms of the passing game, Gus Edwards did catch one ball for 31 yards. Mark Ingram, two for 24. J.K. Dobbins, one for one. This is clearly a three-headed backfield that I want nothing to do with ever. Tim? I mean, maybe Gus Edwards, maybe. Tim? If I had to. Tim, yes. Guess which Baltimore running back led the team in touches within the ten yard line last week? Oh, it's a tough one. I'm gonna say Gus Edwards. Michael, J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill. Oh my god! You motherfucks, no. stop! Justice Hill. Stop. So it's stop. not even just three people, all right? It's no, four. No, 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 no. Stop yourself. Stop Amazing. Yourself. Fuck. Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> You did not just say that. <laughs> Fuck you, man. It was Justice Fuck Hill. Like, they need Mark Ingram to come back <laughs> to bring Justice Hill onto the field because that makes sense. So that's where we're at right now, guys. That's where we're at right that's now. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was not expecting uh, Hilarious that for you because you're not starting with <laughs> these guys. Um, let's go over to the next game, our last game on the Ducat. Um Eagles at the Browns. Docket. Yeah, Docket. Um <laughs> Look. Miles Sanders came back last week and dominated the backfield. The only problem is the big run was made by Boston Scott, the 61-yard touchdown. And Corey Clement got exactly one touch. But that one touch is a goal line touch, and he scored a touchdown. And not for nothing, though, Sanders got them to that point. He had like a 10-yard rush. He got pushed out at the four, and then Clement came in for a play. He just happened to score on the play. Yes. So good for Corey Clement. Um, But, I mean, this is obviously – a complete workhorse role for Miles Sanders, and I don't feel any different about Miles Sanders than I did before. Uh, he's a locked and loaded potential RB1 overall every week and RB1 good to go every week um, in general. Look, I think you, I mean, we loved Miles Sanders coming into the season, and we didn't expect the Eagles' offense to be this bad overall. I think this is the game where Miles Sanders could really be that like he has overall RB1 potential here if they actually use him in the passing game and give him a lot of touches 
We're just going to have to wait and see if they do that. Because According to the PFF O-line, D-line chart, which I've quoted a couple times already, they have the third best rushing matchup and the second worst passing matchup. We've seen how much Carson Wentz has struggled this year uh, when being pressured. If they decide to give Miles Sanders the ball a lot, which they should because the dude has just been absolutely ridiculous this season when given the ball. Like His efficiency has been off the charts. I don't understand why they don't give it to him more, why they don't script better passes to him. Like, all his targets seem to just be little dump-offs from Wentz when he can't find anyone downfield. There's no, like, drawn-up plays for him, which is just despicable. But even with the two touchdowns being vultured from him last week, he still ended as the RB18. So, Miles Sanders has a very solid floor at this point. He also has a high ceiling, and I think he has a good shot to have a big game this week against Cleveland. Especially, Cleveland. guess what? There's supposed to be bad weather in Cleveland again. Cleveland 25th in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield in terms of catching passes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be rainy, but the wind's not supposed to be there. So, I mean, I'll take I'll take rain. That's fine uh, as long as there's no wind. Um, Carson Wentz and the pass-catching options did not have a good game. Although Jalen Rager, I think that you look at him and you look at his usage and you look at how many targets he got, I think you are seeing positive benefits out of Jalen Rager. Uh, but, you know, Dallas Goddard, no Carson Wentz, no. How are you feeling about these guys going against the Cleveland defense who's been beatable? What do you What do you mean, no? Yeah, I'm confused by that, too. I mean, like like last week, they didn't do well. Oh, oh talking about last week. All right, I was a little confused. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah not um, this week. Last, dude, last week. I guess pending weather, what the fuck is going on with like the rankings for Travis Fulgham? Yeah. He's ranked 39th on Fantasy Pros. I put him up to 23. Look, don't panic because of one game. People have just completely given the up on it. The entire Eagles offense looked awful last week. And James Bradbury locked down Fulgham. James Bradbury's been locking down people all year. Fulgham still had a great snap percentage. He still saw five targets. That's funny. I have Fulgham at 23 as well. Yeah, dude. And on the note of Alshon Jeffrey, Jeffrey played 42% of snaps yes last week in the slot. He only played 9% of snaps in the slot last season. He's basically Jimmy Graham now. Big guy, slow, bad knees, come out of the slot sometimes, guy. Like, he's not going to mess with Travis Fulgham on the outside. Fulgham is still a very solid play. And he just had his worst game of the season, and now people are acting like it's over for him. I don't get it either. Yeah. Also, Jalen Rager is set to line up mostly with Denzel Ward, which is a bad matchup. Anyone else not named Denzel Ward is a great match. Pew, pew, pew. So, yeah, I agree. I'm firing up Travis Fulgham this week again and uh, doing it pretty happily. I don't see why you wouldn't. Like, if he struggles again against Cleveland this week and it's just a crazy mix of targets around the field, then it'll be concerning. But he had five targets against James Bradbury last week. I'm, I'm buying into Fulgham again this week. I agree. And Rager is just... Everyone wants Jalen Rager to be the next big thing so bad. Like, it's a little annoying that, at this I point. I, I don't think that that's out of the question. The, I don't think it's out of the question well. either. It's just a little annoying at this point how many times I see Jalen Rager pop up across everything fantasy. And he is the one who's supposed to be matched up with Denzel Ward most of the time. So I'd temper expectations a bit because Denzel Ward is a veteran at this point, and he's a very good defensive back. And Jalen Rager's a rookie coming off injury and such. I know he he ran the most routes last week. He saw seven targets. But Carson Wentz has been very bad. And Rager is yet to even top 55 yards 
this year or four receptions in a single game. Like, let's not forget, he's a rookie who's played four games. Let's just temper expectations a little bit. Dallas Goddard, uh, this is two weeks in a row where he's been very, very disappointing. How do you feel about him? Goddard did get hurt last week for a little while, and Richard Rodgers filled in admirably. Um, Their combined stats last week, 11 targets, 8 catches, 93 yards. Like, Wentz is going to throw to his tight end, and I don't expect Dallas Goddard to get hurt for a little while in every game. So I'm still firing up Goddard as a tight end one. I'm going to say this. Uh, Zach Ertz got designated to return from IR this week, which, remember, when you get designated to return from IR, doesn't mean you have to. Um, means you could practice with the team for I think up to three weeks. Yep. Uh, before you get, before you get activated, which is very important to note. Uh, Zach Ertz, if he does come back, I think Zach Ertz is a great, um, a great thing for Dallas Goddard. I think Zach Ertz is washed, so he's not going to get as many looks. But you can't just let him go. You can't just give him like you can't just give him free range. So, excuse me. It's very important that. Um. Yeah, you you remember that Zach Ertz is actually a good thing for Dallas Goddard because it opens up that part of the field. Any any consideration for Alshon Jeffrey? I just gotta say no, no man, come on now, no, not not yet. Maybe maybe one of these days, but not no. not. Today. Um, let's go over to the Brown side, unless there's someone else you want to talk about on the Eagle side. Brown side, strong. Watson Scott. We should mention that the only reason he was viable last week is he got one big run. Um, he's a good handcuff, but you know he's nothing more. Don't get, don't chase the points there. Uh, let's go over to the Browns. Another game that sets up lovely for them to run the rock over and over and over again. I mentioned this on the Monday pod. Nick Chubb, I would contend, is the best pure running back um, in the league. I think Derrick Henry will give him a run for that money, but I think Nick Chubb overall is the best running back in the league, if, if you had to ask me who is. And I would say Kareem Hunt is a top five overall skill player in the league in terms of wide receivers and running backs if i had to uh, i think that they're both that good so i i don't have a problem with them starting against anyone especially the eagles especially when the browns run the offense that they run last week the browns took 65 snaps 65 65 jarvis landry jason what how many what no you'll see why i emphasize that Hmm. because jarvis landry Rashard Higgins and Cordero Hodge all played the same amount of snaps last week. 38. Yuck. Wow. Wow. And that's what, that is what I, uh, I tried warning too with Cordero Hodge stealing snaps. 65 minus 38 is 27. Nailed it. About to say, 27 like... snaps without a wide receiver even on the field. Well, no. Well, any of, their, any of their three wide receivers on the field, meaning they're just not going to pass. <laughs> no. What are you talking about, Jay? All because they all played 38 snaps doesn't <laughs> mean right. they were all on the field together 38 times. You're right. That, that was dumb. The point was, like, they're not on the field together. Like, they're there yeah. to run the ball. Yo, you stupid. That was really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if they're switching off playing 38 snaps each, they're there running out either one or two wide receivers every play, just running the ball. That's how the offense is these days. Right, Austin Hooper is basically their number one wide receiver. You can argue at this point. That's the point, Jason. I think was trying to make. Yeah. Is, uh, I just had a little it, brain fart. Right? You and Tim both made ridiculously dumb mathematical errors today. You know what's funny? I don't even. Up. I don't even have the twenty-seven snaps thing 
in in my notes because I like because I thought of that earlier and I was like, no, that's really dumb. <laughs> and then I just said it now. Why you gotta <laughs> blow up my spot that I made a, a ridiculous math error? Look, I'm not gonna say what it was. I'll tell you what it was. I said, you know, we're Mets fans. Steve Cohen just bought the Mets. He has 14 billion dollars to his name, and we're talking about Robinson Cano getting suspended for PEDs, and it's costing him 24 million. And Michael said, "Well, that's 24 million dollars for Steve Cohen to spend." And I'm like, and then I went to the calculator, and I'm like, "How much is of that net worth is that?" And like my calculator said, four e minus seven. Minus so nine. Uh, you had nine zeros. It was really dumb. Nine. nine. Worse than what I just did. Right. But what I didn't realize is I didn't I didn't divide six billion by twenty four million. I divided six billion by twenty four. It was so I said hysterical. that he was point zero 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 nine percent of his net worth when it was actually what like it was point seventeen percent, but it oh, was oh, fucking oh. hilarious. Either way, the guy's fucking rich. Um speaking of rich people, Baker Mayfield Continues to rake in money and uh, not do much. Although last week, again, it was a very tough matchup for him. And they just turned around and handed the ball. Eat Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both got 19 carries last week. Hot damn. Kareem Hunt, 22 touches overall. Uh, gonna, you love to see it. You love to see it. Um, how do you feel about – obviously, you're not starting Baker Mayfield. But how do you think about um, these passing options? Austin Hooper only won for 11 last week. I do kind of feel for uh, Baker Mayfield a little bit. Two of the last three games in terrible weather. Um, you can't really blame him for those down games. Like Deshaun Watson and Derek Carr were also both terrible during those games. With that being said, that's why I'm not giving up on Austin Hooper. Two targets, one catch, 11 yards in his return. But guess what? He played 85% of the snaps. Um, I expect that role to grow, and I do expect him to have a bigger role once Baker Mayfield isn't handing it off 40-plus times. Like, you're not going to be able to run that much every single game. Uh, and weather isn't going to be dictating games all the time in Cleveland. And Philly, Jacksonville, and Tennessee coming up are three tremendous matchups for Austin Hooper. I'm giving him a, another shot this week. I've missed my tight end 11, so I'm I'm okay with uh, firing him up. That is all for our week one preview, unless you guys want to talk about someone else in this game. Uh, I think we're good. Charles. Definitely Xavier. play Charles. Charles. Um, Xavier Charles is a guy? Oh, Charles Xavier, X-Men, man. <laughs> oh. Uh, Michael, where can they find you? At ProtoFF Mike. Jason? At ProtoFFG. Charles Xavier, a very... Aren't you ProtoFF Jason? Yeah, Jason. Well, <laughs> keep doing that, Jason. I confuse sometimes because, like, I confuse sometimes. <laughs> What's that? In, like, the Discord and on Patreon and stuff, I'm Proto J. So Why not just change it little... to J? Because I'm Jason. I'm Michael. I have it as Mike. It's weird. We all use the shortened names. We don't really like we call Michael Michael. We call me Jason. But like in Brodo, we say Mike and Jay sometimes. I've noticed because you guys call me Timmy so much. A lot of the fans have been calling me Timmy lately. I don't know how I feel. about Yeah, that. I've been I've been calling you Tim more as well. Yeah, I call you Tim more and Jason Jay more. Timmy yeah, sounds like we're young on the podcast. So I got to call you only, Tim. <laughs> only my family really calls me Timmy. I don't really like people calling me Timmy. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's a little bit like it sounds like a little kid's name. Like, yeah. oh, little Timmy got a present for Christmas. Like, oh, oh, little Timmy can't do math. Oh, little Timmy lost all his hair. <laughs> you can find me at Brodo FF Tim. Definitely not Brodo FF Timmy. You can find us all like we mentioned, BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com/slash BrotoFantasy. Don't forget to use the promo code Brodo on Manscape.com and also on PartyBells.com and the promo code Brodo20 on Thrive Fantasy and the Thrive Fantasy app. 
Uh, part two coming at you shortly. In fact, part duh. Uh, Real quick, the- super quick plugs. Every week we bring you something. Monday we got buy low, sell high. Tuesday we got waivers and true values. Wednesday we got the pods and rankings. Thursday we got uh, the 20 stats you need to know. Friday we got sleepers bust. Saturday we got you on Twitter if you got questions. Sunday we tweet every touchdown. Follow your boys. We're out, we're out here. Seven days. Hey. Let's Where's the it. freaking Agabagoo? <laughs> Peace. Later. Later.